Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Mark, chapter 1. We're going to continue where we left off this morning. We looked at verse number 1 this morning. This evening we're going to look at verses 2 through 8. Mark, chapter 1, and we're going to read with verse number 1, but we're we're going to read to verses 1 through 8 this evening. And when you find your place, if you're able, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And the Word of God says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness. And preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. This evening, Father, we thank you once again for your word. And Father, as we look more into this uh, passage, I pray that you will open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word. Lord, that we may apply it to our lives. Father, I pray, Lord, that if there's one here... Lord, that you would speak to the heart, Lord, and convict them of their need of a Savior. And, Father, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, for our, uh, those that are coming to be baptized tonight. We thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, may we hear your word this evening. May you take your use your spirit to apply it to our lives. Lord, convict us of sin. Challenge us. Lord, and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning we looked and the title of the message is the good news and we looked at part one of the good news this evening will be part two of the good news this morning we looked at verse number one spent a whole 30 minutes or more looking at verse number one where mark is writing in his gospel and he begins it by talking about the gospel of jesus christ the son of god and we looked and we understood that the word good news meant that there was something good that was to come how uh, in this day the word would be used of a, a herald that would come through and and make some great proclamation about the king or the emperor and we talked about how the jews needed good news and how that good news is still needed today then we looked at the subject of this good news and it wasn't anything political. It wasn't anything uh, about uh, social issues. But the good news that was needed then and is needed now has a good subject, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only subject worthy of standing behind the pulpit and preaching. I'm reminded of, uh, I believe it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, made the statement, Sir, if you, have, if you don't preach Jesus then you need to sit down until you have something worth preaching. 
And that's what is worth preaching. That is what's worth proclaiming this evening as well as 2,000 years ago. It's still relevant today that the world needs Jesus Christ. Who was, uh, salvation is from God is what His name means. He was the Messiah, the Christ that was to come. The divinely appointed King of Kings and Lord of Lords that the Jewish people had been waiting on. And He was, of course, it says, the Son of God. God's only begotten Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the message that Mark begins with when he speaks and writes in verse number 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But there's one more heading that I want us to take in for the rest of this passage. What good is a messenger? Or what good is a message without a messenger? So the second point, we looked at the message this morning. Tonight, let's look at the messenger. The messenger is mentioned in verses 2 through 8, and he's described as none other than John the Baptist. John, who would come through and, and baptize for the remission of sins. So let's look at this. The messenger. There, First of all, let's notice the prophecies in verses 2 and 3. As Mark begins, he says, As is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The prophets it was written about in the prophets in verse number two he quotes malachi chapter three and verse number one behold i send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee in verse number three he quotes from isaiah chapter 40 verse number three the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the lord make his paths straight as we look and we think about the prophets, what were prophets to do? They were to just simply write down and declare what God has told them to write down and declare. And that's what Malachi and that's what Isaiah did. They wrote down what God had said. And God was telling them that there is this messenger that will come and will proclaim the day of the Lord. That will proclaim Jesus Christ who is to come. And that's what happened. John's ministry had been planned 400 years in advance. And if not longer with Isaiah. He was the herald. He was the forerunner that was to come and prepare the people for the coming of the king. In verse number 2 he says, I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now what would happen in this day, whenever a king would come through, uh, he would come through and he would go through this road that the king, or a messenger would come. Uh, through and he would go through this road that the king would be coming through and as he would come through he would be, make, be making this proclamation he would be coming through saying the king is coming the emperor is coming he's coming through everybody make way there make your uh, make a path get out of the way the king is coming this messenger would even go so far as to to remove any kind of debris that would be in the way and get other people to help him remove the debris to get out of the way why because the king is coming and 
there doesn't need to be any obstacles in the way for the king to be able to come. And so this messenger of John, he is to come and he was to foretell and he was to preach that the king, the Messiah, the one and only son of God is coming before the people Israel. That was the prophecies that were concerning him. And that's just what he did. We've looked at the prophecies. Now let's think about the preparation. In verses 4 and 5, he says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out on them all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. He came and he was preparing the way. Like I said, an earthly king, that person... The, the messenger that was sent by the earthly king would come and he would prepare a physical path for this king to come. He would prepare a path, get all the logs and all the bushes and all the stuff that might be out of the way. John did that, but he didn't do it in a physical sense. He came and he preached. He says, it says, John did baptize in the wilderness. It says, and he preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. In other words, he came through and he declared that, Jesus, that the Son of God was coming. The Messiah was coming through to see or to get through to the people. He says, not make the road straight, not make the road clear. But he's saying when Jesus comes, when this king divinely appointed of God, the king of kings comes, he says you need to prepare your hearts for it. In this day, the people had been corrupted by the corrupt teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had been taught that it was things outwardly that matter. They have been taught that it was the uh, the rituals that performed that you performed, and it was all the outward ceremonies that would make you right with God and that would please you with God. I'll make God pleased with you. But John comes through, and he's saying you need to repent of your sins. You need to stop taking this stuff that that God will. Uh, for that will have mercy on you if you get your life right. He says, you can't get your life right. That's the problem a lot of people have today. You see, the reason a lot of people can't let Jesus into their heart is because they've got this sin in there and they think that before they can come to Christ, they've got to clean this sin out. But the problem is, that sin's going to be there. So he says, repent. Just turn from it. Turn away from your sins. Because people are so hung up on doing good deeds, thinking that they can earn their way into heaven. But that sin is still there. He says, clear it out. Turn from your sins. He preached the baptism. 
It says he baptized in the wilderness and preached baptism of repentance. The reason we're baptizing these children tonight is because they've made a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what that means is they're willing to turn from their sins and turn to Jesus. Oh, if we could have that childlike faith. If those, if those of us who are, are grown could have that childlike faith of turning from our sins and turning to Jesus. And that's why they're being baptized. When it says the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, it's the word for means because. The word for can mean because. And so he says, you could also say he's the baptism of repentance because of the remission or the forgiveness of sins. So when these kids get, uh, get baptized under the water, it's because their sins have been forgiven. It's not because they're, the water's going to do something magical and wash their sins away. Water is going to hit them on the outside. Sin is inward. And Jesus Christ has came into their heart and forgiven them and cleansed them from their sins. And that's what this baptism is a picture of. Repentance always comes before baptism. Matthew chapter number 3, we see an uh, account of John the Baptist uh, preaching and uh, his ministry. It says in verse number 7 of Matthew chapter 3, it says, but when he saw, this being John the Baptist, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. Repentance comes before baptism. In the book of Acts, says in verse 41 of chapter 2 and they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls salvation first and then baptism forgiveness of sins first and then baptism this evening if you've not humbled yourself before God and been baptized because your sins have been forgiven, what would stop you from doing that? To appeal to some pride, are you going to let some children top you? <laughs> that was the preparation. As this messenger went through preaching, prepare thy way. Forget about all the stuff you've been told about God and, and, and all the stuff that you've been told you need to do to please God. He says, prepare your hearts. For Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, is coming. So he came and he prepared the hearts of the people. We've seen the prophecies, the preparation. Now, thirdly, we see the persona. In verse number 6, he says, And John was clothed with camel's hair. And with a girdle of his skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. Now as we look at his persona. This 
might remind us of somebody if we're familiar with any Old Testament stories. Second Kings chapter one, verse number eight. Second Kings chapter one. Second Kings chapter one, verse number eight. says and they answered him says he was a hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins and he said it is elijah the tishbite as we look at this we see a little similarity in fact this is similarity isn't just something that John decided to take up. This was something that just as well as his ministry was prophesied, the way he acted and dressed was prophesied. Malachi chapter 4. In Malachi chapter number 4, in verse number 5, says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, we're starting to piece some things together. John the Baptist, dressed in camel's hair, with a girdle of skin about his loins, eating locusts and wild honey. We just saw the resemblance of Elijah there in 2 Kings chapter 1. And now we see this about the Elijah coming before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now let's put it all together, and it can be put together, not by me, but our Lord and Savior put this up and pointed all these pieces out. In Matthew chapter 11, in Matthew chapter number 11, verses 12 through 14. says in verse number 12, Matthew 11, And from the days of, this is Jesus speaking, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elias or Elijah, which was for to come. The prophecy of Elijah to come was focusing and prophesying John the Baptist and his ministry. This was his persona. The, the world didn't need, a, uh, at this time, a religious teacher. The world didn't need some religious figure coming. What the world needed at this time was the world needed a preacher. The world needed a prophet to come and stand and preach, Thus saith the Lord. They needed somebody to come that was going to stand bold and firm among the violence of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their uh, pull with the people and look them in the eye and say, you need to repent. The world needed somebody that was to stand and say, the world needs to repent. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, is coming. And look at what it says, how it describes his work. It says in verse number two, uh, it speaks of a messenger. 
which shall prepare the way. In verse number 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Verse number 4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance. That's, and it says in verse 7, and preached, saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me. He wasn't some soft-spoken uh, person that, that taught us how to be more effective or more uh, efficient. He came and he preached that salvation has come through Jesus Christ. He came and he preached, you are sinners and you need to be saved. He came and he preached, the only way you can do that is through Jesus Christ. He was a preacher. And he preached God's message, whether popular or not. Boy, if we could have some people like that in pulpits today. That stand and preach, no matter what the consequence may be. But just stand up and let her rip and let the chips fly where they may. And he preached it in a time that it was not popular. In fact, what happens? He stood before Herod and he called him a sinner. So it's not lawful for you to have this woman and what it's cost him. That woman that Herod was sleeping with went to Herod and he said, I want his plate, his head on a silver platter. And that's just what happened. Up here. <laughs> that was his persona. He was a preacher after the order and likeness of Elijah. But then, finally, we see this presentation. He preached, and in verse number 7, it says, And he preached, saying, there cometh one mightier than I, uh, mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Notice his humility because he knows who he's preaching. What's sad is a lot of people think that, that they're, a lot of preachers think that they're right up there with Jesus. Got the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then them. And they think that they are God's gift to the church and God's gift to the world. But John the Baptist recognized his place and says, I'm not worthy to even untie the Savior's shoes. He says, I indeed baptize you with water. In other words, he's saying, what I'm doing here is just a picture of what Jesus Christ can do. He says, I can baptize you in water. He said, but Jesus Christ can wash you from the inside out. That's what we need. That's what the world needs. Not some physical ceremony. Because that's just a picture of the actual event that can take place. The world needs cleansing from the inside out. The good news. What's the good news? The good news is. The world does not have to wallow in its sin. 
the world does not have to face the penalty for their sin. The penalty of the sin is death, the Bible says. But it also says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is sent into this world to die for sinners such as I and such as you. That's the good news. You're struggling with sin in your life? Give it to Jesus. You're struggling with with the the consequence of sin. You don't know what the afterlife holds. You don't know what's waiting for you on the other side. Does that burden you? If that burdens you, then you need to know that if you repent of your sins, you can have faith and assurance that God will bring you to heaven. That you don't have to face the devil's hell. But that he will save you. Because that is his promise. Those that come to me, the Bible says, he says, I will in no wise cast out. That is the message. And that is the message that the messenger proclaimed. So we come now, time to our invitation, however the Lord's dealt with you. Let him have his will and way in your heart. Pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.